Welcome to the Broad Ripple Village Podcast. My name is Brian Wheat, your host, podcasting from Village Recording Studio here in Broad Ripple. My guests today are Tina McIntosh and Karina Thompson of Joy's House. This is kind of a special edition of the Brownerple Village podcast. Um, I wanted to dedicate the whole show to the interview, and so we're not going to be doing Where's Brian or the uh, open stage. And uh, I guess I got to warn you that things do get emotional in this particular podcast. Um, and I decided to not edit out some of the more emotional moments because I think it's important to remind ourselves every once in a while what truly is important in life. So this house that we're in at 2028 East Broderpool Avenue, mm-hmm. um, catty corner to the old MCL, God rest its soul. Yeah. Um, That's a whole other podcast. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, the house itself was owned originally by the Dawson family. So a lot of people around this area know the Dawsons because there's Dawson Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Dawson was a local politician. I mean, it, it, it dates way back. And I haven't seen all the pictures. I've seen a few. But it dates way back to when the original house that is part of Joy's house, when the original house was there and it was a dirt road out front. Mm-hmm. And I think Headlands may or may not have been there. Mm-hmm. And there was, um, oh, goodness, at the park, there was the uh, like a festival. Oh, the carnival. Oh, carnival. Well, Thank no, you. it was an amusement park. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. I, you know, I love thinking back to that. Oh, I mean, thinking back to when it was like, was it horse-drawn carriages then, yeah, right? Exactly. It, you know, bicycles going up and down that area. So, anyway, the house was very, very old. When we came into it almost 20 years ago, it was owned by um, a lovely woman. It had been part of a, a couple. Mm-hmm. Her husband... Um, was now living in Hawaii. She was looking forward to the next phase in her life. Um, so they were you know, going their separate ways, but it had been a child care. And so okay. um, a lot of people around this area remember it had a, a big yellow sunshine mm-hmm. on the chimney yeah. outside. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I felt kind of bad because we just painted right over it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. well, no more sunshine here. <laughs> um, but it had been a child care when they owned it. And it had been on the market for a few years. And... Um, the neighbors, I think, were really concerned about who was going to come in there because, you know, you could have a bar, you could have a dog kennel, mm-hmm. you could, I mean, you could have lots of different things going to that property. And what year um, was this? It was 20, almost 20 years ago. Okay, so 1999. Nine? Nine? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> um but yeah, the Dawsons originally owned it. And so Mr. and Mrs. Dawson, from the way the stories have been told to me, lived in that home and raised their three boys there. A lot of people know the Dawson brothers that were raised there. I think they were very well known for being toted around on a little red, you know, uh, mm-hmm. red flyer wagon. Mm-hmm. They had a horse stable there. It was all cornfield. How um, much land did they own? Do you know? I don't know the answer to that question. I've been told it stretched that it was the only house from what we now know as Glendale Mall to Broderpool, as we know it, kind of in the heart of the village. Oh, my God. Now, whether or not that's exactly true, I can't. I can't but say. at least probably the park, I would think. A lot. Right? Yeah. It may have stopped at the river. I don't know. Yeah. But There's what's interesting, land. and just I'm, I'm assuming this is the same person of, or family that Dawson Lake was named after. It is. 
-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. I assume it's called Dawson Lake because they own the lake. You would know. think, but yeah, but yeah, I don't we know. Don't so know. Okay. there are, yes, we do. There are a couple finding. of the grandchildren that are still around. So I know Dan Dawson is still here in town and Jinx Dawson is here in town and cool. they've both come through Joy's house throughout the years. Mm -hmm. But so go back to, we expanded 10 years ago. Uh, we mm -hmm. went from our, you know, 3000 square foot renovated house that we had to now a 12,000 square foot property right and um a couple of the family members came through at the open house and mm -hmm. and bobby i think is what they called robert dawson one of the brothers that was raised there i knew he was coming i think it was i think it was robert that was coming i knew one of the brothers was coming and so when we had expanded we had to take out all the plaster walls so, you know, the horse hair, oh, yeah. like, I mean, they're old, right? Yeah. hundred plus yeah, the, years old. The Latin plaster and yes. even horse hair, huh? Oh, lots of horse hair. And so when we're taking <laughs> these out, we found two little business cards in the walls. Oh, my God. And they were both from Mr. Dawson. Oh, yeah, you showed him? She did. Okay. Shortly thereafter, he told me to shut up. So cool. Yeah, that's when I went, oh, my <laughs> God. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Let's save this. Stop. Stop talking. I wish we'd brought the pictures in. So we found these two business cards. One was from 1922 and yeah. one was from 1927. And we ended up framing them. On the back of one of them, there was a grocery list. It had like fish, jello, milk, eggs. Yes. I mean, I want to know where they got the fish in 1922, but yeah, okay. Maybe the White River, who knows? Yeah. So we turned that into artwork too. But we had found then a third business card that was just like one of the others we had framed. So I had it for Robert when he came Aww, through the open man. house cool. for the brother. And so he comes in and I'm all geeked, right? Like, so happy to meet you. I hope we make you proud. We found something and this is for you. And I hand him the business card and he's like, thank you. I have something for you. And he whips out this eight by 10 picture of his mom, dad, and his two brothers and him oh, in their yes. military uniforms. Oh, with, you know, a house that was like a transition house for them behind them. It was World War Two era, I believe. I mean, oh, my gosh, I was kind of like, if we're playing a game, you win. I yeah, mean, <laughs> I don't think he looked at it that way, but um, really cool. I mean, the history in that house and having the grandkids come through oh, who are yeah. grown adults now, maybe have grandkids of their own and to talk about. You know, I remember this was the dining room and um, grandpa would come in from the fields. Mm -hmm. They said he was kind of like Jr. in Dallas, build show Dallas. Mm -hmm. you know, like, this is the farm. This is the way it goes. And yeah. um, he died in the house. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, we know exactly where he died in the house. We actually have a picture above that area just by chance. In the library. Yeah. Was I sitting in the chair? How are you feeling? Maybe. I feel like I'm being <laughs> like channeled. De death warmed over. <laughs> It actually was really cool because when Dan Dawson came through, he said something about, oh, you, you have, you know, my grandfather's picture there. And I see and he says, you know, he died right there. And I oh said, shut the front door, like, go <laughs> tell me more. And he said, yeah, I was I was leaving. The boys had, I think, lived, you know, in the house. They'd come back and live with their their mom and dad or the grandfather. Uh -huh. The boys, when they were in college, came back and lived with them. And he said he, he told his grandfather, see you later. And went out and did his thing and came back later and he, he passed, passed away in the away chair. And, yeah, mm. quietly. Me of our, our grandfather would have died in his red he chair. He may have died in his chair. Oh, so. I'm probably going to die in the chair too. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> probably guaranteed. Yeah, um, one of those you just kind of sink into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, and this may be another podcast, but I, I, I am very uh, uh, interested in having either a podcast or a series of podcasts about ghosts of Broderpool. Now, dude, I got some stuff for you. Okay, um, we'll have to different take podcast. that. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> podcast, but 
But there has to be, right? I mean, well, uh-huh. I'm skeptical when it comes to ghosts, but I love stories. So, so it doesn't matter to me whether it's true or not. I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and then we'll talk about it another day. Okay. I'm skeptical, too, except mm-hmm. I have personal experience, yes. so I can't be oh anymore. Okay. In and out of Broder Bowl. One in Broder Bowl in particular is Mrs. Dawson, so we'll talk oh about that gosh. another time. Oh, my gosh. I just got chills. Did my stomach do anything? Yeah. <laughs> it should have. But your hair did. <laughs> my hair. <laughs> okay. So um, anything more on, like, the building itself? And um, so let me ask you this. Um when you bought the place, did you know all of its history before you bought it and you actually <laughs> wanted to buy it for that reason? Or was it kind of a surprise? And you're no, like, that's wow. a great question. Oh, I, I want to make sure Karina's talking too. I'm not doing all the talking, yeah. but but this pre... Mm, I don't want to say it predates me. Um, I don't know your... I don't know the motivation or right, a lot of this of the history. House. So when she was starting Joy's house... When you were 27. 27, that would have put me at like 18 mm-hmm. years yeah. old. So I was still in high school. I was just in college. Okay. So I would come to town to help um, scrape wallpaper, <laughs> um, to get the house ready right. for service. Um, but a lot of this, I am not... Um, yeah, necessarily aware of. So yeah. this, is, this is great. Let so, me, let me, um, yeah. In terms of full origin, where was Joy's house? At the, how did it... I want to uh, go a little bit farther back and find yeah. out why did you want to open a place like Joy's house? In the, in the, uh, so... I'd love I love to hear sparks of the day if there is a day and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have the day where they go you know I woke up and I said I'm going to do this, but do you, do you have a, uh, a I do actually I can tell you that spark of a moment for me sure um, there's a little bit behind it mm-hmm. so okay. the little bit I'll make a, a very long story short is that um, uh, I had volunteered at an adult day center at Ball State. I was a Delta Zeta there, and part of sorority experience was getting involved in the community. So I'd done a lot of different volunteer work. Um, adult day kind of stuck with me. I'm I'm not great with the guests, the clients. I mean, I'm I'm great mm. for like I'm great for like 15 minutes, but and I've done it, you know, for years, like mm-hmm. all day for years, and I'm really I'm good. But I, there are other people that we work with that are better. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so something that stuck in my soul about it. Fast forward, uh, 1990. Eight or whatever that was, one of my best friends committed suicide. Mm. Um, so that was obviously tragic and heartbreaking. And oh I mean, gosh. still think about her today, you yes. know, as do all of our friends I know. And and three weeks after we buried Kathy, um, our dad, so Karina and I work together now, which is a blessing, um, but we are half sisters and we share a dad. And okay. so our dad, who had been uh, an alcoholic, who I had disowned two years prior. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, she was 18, I was 27. So I just had lived a little bit longer to be really, really tired of mm-hmm. his, uh, his his antics, we'll yes. say. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, So I had told um, our dad that I, I loved him and I'd pray for him, but I didn't like him. I didn't want him in my daily life anymore. Mm-hmm. Wrote it in a letter so he'd see it when he might have a sober moment. And off that went. Two years later, fast forward, I get a phone call that he is um, beaten by five guys with baseball bats. 
and they left him for dead mm. in our hometown of Fort Wayne. Mm. So call her. She's a freshman at Ball State. She's mm-hmm. barely started school. It was it was October of 1998. Yep. This moment. And said, yeah. you know, this is what's going on. Um, Dad had my name and number and an it was actually my old work number written on a piece of paper in his back pocket that said next of kin. Oh my gosh. And um, picked her up at Ball State and we drove. And do you remember we planned his funeral? We did. We, pl- we planned his funeral on the way home. On the, we on did. the way up to yep. Fort, Wayne. Fort Wayne. Yeah, yeah, we even had the music. I can't remember. It was the, wow. in the, in the arms of an angel. To the soundtrack of City of Angel. Or wait. Yes. Something like that. But we, we literally, you know, had that all planned. So he ends up living. He's still alive today, oh, doing great my things. Heavens. In intensive care for in and out for three months. Um, oh, we could talk some spiritual stuff about that, too, that was Love really to. stinking mm-hmm. cool. Um, more godly, less ghostly. Okay. <laughs> but there's a little, you know, overlap. Right. So, um, so for me, then my mom took me on a cruise. So we do not have the same mom. My mom went a cruise through work and took me on a cruise, which Kathy drowned after herself. After the dad thing? After dad was already in the... Okay. Uh, we put him in a nursing home. Okay. Admitted mm-hmm. him to a nursing home at that time. He now lives in um, in assisted living, but he lived independently for years. It's a, he's a pretty fascinating story in himself. Wow. Yes. So yeah. mom takes me on a cruise, surrounds me by water, which is how Kathy um, took her life. And I'm spiritually drawn to water anyway. Mm-hmm. And I came back and said... I was driving to work one day right after this, and I remember I had to drive. I lived in Carmel, and I worked in Greenwood. So it's a long drive, drive, right? I'm driving on the into the east side of 465, so the sun is rising. Mm -hmm. It's almost blinding. And it was at that moment that in your mind's eye, Mm -hmm. that clarity of your mind's eye, Mm -hmm. I could see the adult day center and the Mm -hmm. people. I could touch the people that were Mm -hmm. there, like in my heart. I could, all my senses just came awake with it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, Lord, I mean, God had been talking to me. And I always say, I got those little taps, you know, Mm -hmm. you get those little taps. And then when you don't listen, it's like a two by four. Like God's like, seriously? Hey, dingbat. Right. I've made this pretty clear. Right. I mean, it's like how I picture (laughs) Jesus felt all the time, you know, standing up and like, you guys are idiots. (laughs) How many times do I have to say this? (laughs) So I just felt, you know, God's, um, really sweet two by four kind of like mm-hmm. hey girl you got to get this yeah um and i quit my job and wow told everyone around me i was starting this adult day thing and they kind of went oh pat pat like a different kind of pat. that's so pat. sweet and then they would call each other and be like oh my gosh tina's completely lost her mind um but yeah they're the ones who helped get it started so yeah well so wow um so many places to go from there (laughs) but let's talk let's dive into the really deep side of that which is how we treat Mm. elders in this country Mm -hmm. which is a travesty and a um i don't even know what to describe it because i'm guilty of it Mm. as well we're all guilty of discard I, i feel like we're discarding um humans well, if especially old, when you get old, you don't. We don't want them around because it, we think of our own mortality. So we want uh-huh. them to go somewhere and where we don't have to look. At okay, them. you just hit the nail on the head because here's the thing: our state is at the last count. This was a couple years ago, and somebody's going to get mad because I'm probably going to get exactly. I'm not going to get exactly correct. Okay. Our state, I believe, at one time recently was the 11th worst in the nation 
at putting people into nursing home care, into long-term care when mm-hmm. they didn't need it. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years ago, there was this big push of let's get back people back out into mm-hmm. home-based community care is what it's called okay. for adult day, assisted living, foster care, you know, those kinds of living. Um, but we were putting people into nursing home care when they didn't need to be there, not for short-term rehab, but for long-term kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we are bad at it. If someone's of sound mind, I think they, they have to be able to make choices. And you know, we even have some folks at Joyce House, and I'm thinking of one woman in particular whose name I will change to May. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll call her Miss, Miss May. May. And um, she's, she's had a series of strokes and some other things. And she can be kind of tough on people around her sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's different than what you're talking about. But, but the only thing she can control is her words. Mm-hmm. If she has to go to the bathroom, people have to help her. If she needs her meds, people have to help mm-hmm. her. If she drops something on the floor, you have to pick it up for her. You know, if she needs mm-hmm. to be groomed, bathed, or just daily grooming, mm-hmm. somebody has to do it for her. Mm-hmm. So the only thing she can control is how she speaks to people. Um, and even at that, we try and tell our coworkers, like, think about what it's like to be her for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, you just said, imagine what it was like to be my mom laying there and hearing us talking about mm-hmm. her placement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I try and say that a lot about Miss May. Like, think about what it's like to be her. Mm-hmm. If she wants to get from point A to point B, you have to help her get there. Mm-hmm. Everything she does, somebody else has to, you know, the only thing she can do is change her tone and change her words. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I just think we don't ask people enough, what, what is it that you want? And take it into consideration. I don't know, if you def- if you had to define, describe an old person, you know, you work with older adults, so you, you don't count. Mm. But other people, right? They think we're... Well, before, so... <clears throat> I mean, I think I've always had a thing for old people. <laughs> but there was... Okay, so before the dad thing. Mm-hmm. That's where I... In the nursing home that we put him in, that's where I got the most exposure, or my first experience and exposure to old people. Mm-hmm. But before then... They're a little scary. Intimidating. Because you they're... see your future at no, that time? Because you would see your future or because they're just old? No, I don't <laughs> think I had... I don't think I was in the that... I didn't have a mature enough mindset to think about myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, Especially at that, that that's age. a common... Because you were going to be 20 forever. But like, it was more <laughs> scary. Right? I mean, you're, you're so naive yeah. at that age. Yes. So it wasn't that. It was more like projected. scary, like, they're like zombies. Well, They're yes. like drooling and stumbling over things. And um, it doesn't sound nice. No, it but doesn't. It, it is. They it smell. was my. They smell yeah, it funny. Smelly. It, you it know, I've heard all these sloppy, things described. Like, and, it, yeah. It, was it, it is very. Um, it's so, um, uh, I guess. I don't know if it's typical, but that attitude when you're young to look at them for all their um, differences, that's all you see is mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. like you say, the drooling, their breath smells, or they're mm-hmm. missing teeth, or mm-hmm. they smell. That's, that's all you see. Now, somewhere, and I want to hear your story, because mm-hmm. I don't know when, but I flipped a switch. There's some point in your life, and I think it's probably around... Maybe around your parents, if one of your parents dies, for me, mm-hmm. my dad died, 
and actually a little bit before then I've always had a soft spot for older people too and I don't know when you know I was raised Catholic and for whatever reason I can feel your emotion it's making me want to cry go yeah. ahead okay <laughs> we don't want to do that I'm not well no we can we can, we can. Nope. We can. I'm sucking we, it up you can cry here um but anyway um so but the, uh, uh, a switch flipped that went from old people are um kind of disgusting to oh my god I feel sorry for these people at that point could see myself there and there was this empathy as opposed to sympathy there was empathy which was i think there's a big difference between those two well and if i can take it even like there's another um switch i think that gets flipped mm -hmm. like for me i look at the people who come to joy's house and i just feel such love for them there's something for me about looking in someone's eyes and i know karina you're the same way now look i'm using you that's fine <laughs> um <laughs> There's something about looking in someone's eyes and touching, you know, holding a hand or putting your hand on their arm um, and seeing them. We've, yeah. We've got a gal right now who comes, um, and again, we'll change her name to, we'll call her Gertrude. So Gertie from Gertie. Germany um, <laughs> only speaks German. Oh, okay. And is living with, oh. and is living with dementia. Oh, man. So can you imagine coming to a place that is completely, truly foreign to you? Where you don't speak the same language, and now you throw dementia in there. Oh my gosh. And this woman is the sweetest. Go ahead. We commute, yeah, it's just communicating with Gertie strictly through eye contact hmm. and, and the touch and, you know, your body language. Um, she makes me want to cry. She, love, just yeah. love. That's so awesome. And she'll speak you to you in German. And you have no idea what she's saying. <laughs> and you'll hear her repeat the same line. Um, but, I mean, she will literally... Brian, she'll take your hand and she'll Squeeze. grasp it with she'll both of her hands and pulls it in. Oh, my gosh. And she kisses your, oh. you know, kisses your knuckle. And your face. And she touches oh your face gosh. and pulls you in. And she whispers whatever she's whispering that <laughs> in my head is the sweetest thing ever. Right. Um... You know it's sweet, but you don't know what it is. No, it, it may the, not be sweet. You, well, you fill in the blanket. I mean, she may so. be yeah. like, if you don't get me a blanket, I'm going to kill you. And you're like, oh, Gertie. <laughs> Thank you. Um, That's but hilarious. I don't know. There is, I have such love and respect for and people that come to us. And I think that goes back to your point of just connecting with people, not just people, but older people. Yeah. Um, challenging yourself to to empathize mm -hmm. um, and to see them as they are people respecting them for everything that made them who they are oh, right. right so I, w I wish that everybody could look at an older adult and respect them for the life that they led before even if you don't know what it is just know they've led a full life right. of ups and downs and human they're human yeah. but recognize them for who they are right now and what challenges they might have or right. shortcomings, but also that they still have so much to offer, whether it's through holding your hand and giving mm -hmm. it a kiss or it's through some big you know, story of their life or a lesson that they've learned. Like they still have skills and talents. And um, I went to Karina's heard this before, but I went to a funeral for we'll call her Miss Laura. And she was living with Alzheimer's and was pretty progressed. Like mm. we had been together. This was the early days of Joy's house. We've been together for six, seven years every day. So 
we were pretty tight, you know, at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I remember yes. when her dog ran away and how devastating that was. She saw me through pregnancies and lost pregnancies. And, you know, we saw each other through a lot. And I went to her funeral. And the minister was standing up there and he was saying, you know, we thank God for the gift of, of Laura. And he's talking about all this stuff. And he said something to the effect of um, just you know, praise God that she's now gone because this nasty disease of Alzheimer's, the last few years is not the Laura that we all knew and loved. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, you've heard me say, I almost stood up in protest and shouted like, wait a minute. Mm. That's the only Laura I've ever known. Oh, wow. And I loved her. Thank you for that. You know, I, I was sitting there agreeing with him. Yeah. I mean, I loved her I and she loved me. And I know yeah. that, like, I know mm. that. And so I think if we could just recognize people have this whole life and they, they're still lovable. And, yeah. you know, people at, at Joy's house think that we're old and sad and drooly and sitting around waiting to die. And my mm-hmm. response to that always is some of us are really old if you're over 90. Some of us are sad because we're human and there are days that we get sad. Mm-hmm. Some of us drool because we just can't keep it in our mouth. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's some drooling, not a lot, but, you know, on occasion right. somebody yeah. drools. Sure. Um, but sitting around and waiting to die, I would suggest there are a handful of people sitting around waiting to die yeah. because they're done. Yeah. They're done with this life. Everybody they've loved is gone. Right. They're stuck with us during the day. And I would like to think we're lovely. But if I've deeply loved my husband and I've been with him for 60 some years and he's died, I kind of want to go be with him, mm. you know. Um, but most of our folks are coming because they want their lives to be enriched and they want to live. Mm-hmm. And so they come to us to be enriched and lived and be safe and have a community. We're kind of like the cheers for old people. Yeah. You know, you come in, we know your name's Norm. We know what you want to drink. Right. And we know you're going to tell some tall tale about something. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, we've got one guest. Oh, I'll shut up about this in a second, but, uh, brother David, is that good enough? We'll say brother David. <laughs> brother David is fine. And he refers, I mean, he's, he's, you know, like so nice to meet you. I'm brother David, you know? Okay. And, um, strong Christian man. And he'll, he'll preach the Lord's word wherever he goes. It doesn't matter if you want to hear it or not, you know, but he is fantastic. He is now telling the story over and over about those boys in Thailand. This will make me want to cry. And he said, I just knew when I heard it on that TV, when I heard about those boys stuck in that mm. cave and you, know, he's, He's got Alzheimer's, so you think about this memory kind of, mm-hmm. it weaves in and out. It picks its truth, you know. And he said, I knew we had to do something. So I came here and I talked to the administration. He's decided that Dolores, who's at the front desk, she is the chairman. She's- when he asked me what I do, <laughs> I just say I report to Dolores. Like, <laughs> oh my I report to Dolores and Todd. That's what I do. And he said, I knew we had to do something. So we he, he'll go, boom. So we just got to it. And we helped. And he'll clasp his chest and say, and now those boys are safe because we did that. So he took his reality of seeing that story Mm -hmm. and, and we met him right where he was. And it gave him purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Alzheimer's sucks, by the way. Yeah. Oh, and other dementias. Yes. But we have to face that. We have to face that. And it's so disturbing. (laughs) Um, Do you have any atheist adults? (laughs) Hmm. That is a fascinating question. No one's ever asked that. In 20 years, no one's ever asked that. We ask religious preference. If someone has a religious preference, we want to know. We want to know who we're serving. Sure. Um, For instance, if you are, pick a religion, Hindu. Yeah. If you're practicing Hinduism, Mm -hmm. um, we want to honor that. Mm -hmm. I do not know that we've ever had anyone say atheist 
in answer to that question. Maybe they'll say no preference, mm -hmm. but we've never had, you know, and as we have a lot of people who are Christians that get preachy. I mean, we don't have a filter as we get older. Sure. I mean, in I'm making a very blanket statement, uh, I but understand. there are stereotypes for I'm a reason. I'm coming more and more that way. Dude, me too. It's <laughs> dangerous. Yes, it um, is. So a lot of our folks will almost preach to everyone around them. Yeah. And I, I've never had anyone in the history of Joyce House, I'm trying to dig deep here and think, get mad about that. Now, we're not a Christian organization. Uh, and I always try to be very clear about that. We're not a Christian organization. I'm a Christian. I don't want right. to be shy about sharing that. Right. But we're not a Christian organization. I dated an atheist for a while. And it was interesting. I remember when we were, now I can look back and say toward the end of our relationship. But I remember sitting in a car and talking. And he said, how can you believe in a God that you can't see or feel, mm -hmm. that you really can't understand. And I said, you know, at the end of it all, if if I'm cremated or buried or whatever I am and, and there's nothing left for me, then I've lived a life trying to serve a higher power that mm -hmm. didn't exist, but that made me a better person to serve other people around me. Yep. So it's, it is, from his perspective, I said, it is, it is time well wasted, <laughs> um, you know, yes. because I think I'm probably right. Yeah. Uh, so. so that's that's a great that's a great um, way to think of that. Yeah, we yeah. have a guest at Joy's house who uh, is highlighted in our calendar. This year we do a calendar every year, which if you haven't seen it, we need to get you a calendar. It's, okay. Yes. It's I'm biased, but it's fantastic. Oh, it I love I love looking at calendars that have activities on them. Well, this has <laughs> um, this has pictures of a guest, oh, and then it will cool. tell their story. And we have a theme oh, every year, and this awesome. theme this year is courage, which okay. is really hard to write about and hard to tell because you're really digging deep into mm. someone else's story because mm. courage is layers right you gotta get their layers and layers and layers but there is one gentleman and i can say his name because he's in the calendar uh, mr daoud who mm. um who was uh, muslim mm -hmm. and uh his journey through uh faith if mm. you will and it is so uh, we'll get you a copy oh, it's, fa it's it. fascinating yeah. all that's um, great stuff yeah um and i can't you know, but you know, we have can't hear enough of those stories. Well, and so back to your question about when you think about, you know, an old person, what do you think of? Yes. Like, I can tell you at Joyce House currently, we have a woman who fought racism to teach in an elementary school. Wow. We have oh one gosh. gentleman who was both a firefighter and a police officer. Oh we have one guy who's traveled the entire world. We have another man who um, is a doctor and was Ryan White's primary physician. I mean, we have folks who wow. have changed our world as we know it. Mm -hmm. um, and just so happens that they've gotten older and they have some kind of life-altering diagnosis. But, mm -hmm. man, they're still pretty special. Oh, you know? my gosh, um, yes. So I'll ask a question. I know we want to wrap up here. But so for you, are you different now than you were when you started work at Joy's House, when you got to spend time with the guests in the way that you do now? So our guests really have taught me to be in the moment and to let my guard down if that makes sense or to be more like giving me permission to be more vulnerable mm -hmm. not for not mm -hmm. literally but um sure you know where before where before i may have been embarrassed to like sing in my car driving down the road mm -hmm. Now I don't, or dance. You know, I've I dance so much at work. 
<laughs> with our people, with our guests. And I'm not I'm not worried about people judging me. We kind of like being a kid again. Yeah. And it really does feel I mean a day in the life at Joy's house is pretty pretty fun. Yeah, right, <laughs> it is right. fun. That's great. It's a fun place to be. People ask all the time mm-hmm. how how you got your name. Mm-hmm. Actually, I remember almost twenty years ago um, having a conversation with you, and even at my young age, at my young age, um, I thought it was neat that you asked me how I felt about the name mm. Joy's House. You may not remember I that don't. conversation, I'm... but I was at. I just had pulled into a gas station and I was, we were on the phone and, um, you were thinking about, she was thinking about the name and, uh, asked family members, that must've been what you were doing just to get their support around, um, Joy's house. And I said, who's Joy? (laughs) And, and you shared, and this is, to this day, you we all explain it in this way. Um, it's, joy is not a person; it's it's an emotion, it's a feeling. Wow! But I will tell you that when people in the beginning, when people call and say, "Is joy there?" I would make the mistake and say, "There's no joy here," and then I'd be like, "Oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> it's not the right thing that to say." So hilarious! Oh my gosh! And I say that lightheartedly because we want the culture to be informally professional mm-hmm. you know like yeah i don't want to have to be somebody i'm not at work we spend too much time i mean come on look, right. look at what you're doing like you do this because right it's what you're passionate about and you want to share it with other people right. um and i don't want to work in a place where i can't be joyful and full of love and mm-hmm. make mistakes mm-hmm. and some of them are going to be fantastic in the end and others are just going to be mistakes that we probably don't ever want to talk about again mm-hmm. um and our guests and our staff and volunteers have the freedom to do it too mm-hmm. Can we just talk about some mechanics here about yeah. Joy's house? Yeah. About um, how many locations? Who how? Are, what how we do. Yeah, kind of the the more mundane. You go. Me go. So, Joy's house um, is an adult day um, service. We've got two locations. Uh, the uh, the location, the Joy's house that we've talked about mostly today is in Broad Ripple. Um, and then second location on the campus of the University of Indianapolis. Third location coming soon. Can I say that? Okay. <laughs> Hamilton County. Somewhere um, in Hamilton County. We don't know all the details, but both locations, we are Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, we, um, we serve adults with life-altering diagnoses and their families uh, by providing exceptional adult day and caregiver services. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about a lot today. Uh, we've talked about the adult day, um, half of our mission, but the other half of the mission is caregiver services. Mm-hmm. So we have services to um, that we, oh, that are available to you. So... Um, couple of retreats a year okay. uh, a day away so it's a, mm. a day of oh, pampering and education we've got care um caregiver expression so that's a um could be a six-week sort of uh, progressive 
workshop, if you will. Yeah, maybe art um, therapy. Art for therapy. Six weeks. Where so, we might do a pop-up series, which yes. is a one night. Maybe we, we're teaching people how to transfer train or transfer. For instance, getting mom in and out of a car when she can no longer get in and out herself. The proper or, techniques. Or so. nutrition. Or um, like for women, we have a deficiency in magnesium. And so maybe someone comes in and talks about that. Um, we got, we, do you mind if I tell, talk about care kits? Oh, no. Go We've got it. care kits, which are binders mm-hmm. full of template information. Mm. So if you and your siblings are caring for your mom, I know that's a, a very real, you know, mm-hmm. a little too close to home. Um, but we have a, a care kit that you should get. Okay. It's $25. You have everything you need for her care within this one kit. Oh, that's awesome. And everything for the house, everything when you go to her professional medical team. Oh, you can take the great. kit. They can make copies of things. You can hand it to oh your gosh. sister that if she's so taking good. mom yeah. to the next that's such a great. And... That's such a great, simple idea. It is. And what I love about the care kit is it's kind of like taking a 201 course in caregiving. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not the basic basic, but it's the next step up. And it right. helps you think about things that you don't normally think of mm-hmm. and have conversations you don't normally have. Mm-hmm. For instance, there's a section on legal or a section on end of life. So you can have a conversation with your mom and say, hey, mom, what do you want end of life to look like for mm-hmm. you? There's a there's a section on funeral services, mm-hmm. but it also tracks things like any of her allergies how she's sleeping, mm-hmm. um, her moods. I mean, there, there's stuff in there you don't even think about. And some and of those conversations are uncomfortable, but you can, um, the care kit will help to facilitate them. Mm-hmm. And you can blame it on the care kit. Like, I have to fill out this right. form. Yeah. And then we have the radio program. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you talk about So that. we have I a radio show. This, yeah. um, I'll make it very short, but we have a radio show called Caregiver Crossing. It airs every Saturday morning at 7 really early okay. on uh, 93.1 okay. WIBC. Awesome. And so uh, I get to co-host with Candace, the co-worker, and then Terry Stacy. Yeah. Um, but it's a, a radio program designed for those of us who are caring for a loved one okay. and those of us who one day will be, okay. which statistically wow. right now a, is one in three of us. Like literally one yeah. in three of us is a caregiver. Yeah. And going forward, it's going to be everybody. Yeah, right. So right. we just need to be equipped for it. There's a lot of fun in caregiving, too. There really is. And and moments and conversations. And I'm sure if you dug deep, you'd be thinking about your mom, too. Like, you know, how she held your hand one day while she was in there or Mm -hmm. a look or something she said. And uh, or the fun you have. You know, you talk Mm -hmm. about the laughs. Like, so anyway, we could go on for days. You know, I just remembered the turning point. Your spark? Well, when I when I went from being an uh, a. a young person looking oh, at old people switch. like yep. whatever. It was when my grandmother was in dying. She got to the point where she couldn't feed herself. So I'm feeding her applesauce, yes. which is the most intimate. It is mm-hmm. so intimate. Oh, my gosh. And she's telling me stories of when she was young. And her eyes were, they were sparkling. And it was the coolest thing. And, and this, was the, this was the grandmother that nobody wanted to go visit. And you were feeding her. That's beautiful. Oh, you guys. I'm going to give you a hug. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Me too. She was great. <laughs> what was her name? And you got to experience Mary. it. Mary. Her name was Mary. Can I tell you one last thing? Okay. Okay. Doug Roy, he's a barterful guy. Okay. Um, passed away five, six months ago. Okay. Um, 
Doug, people know around Broderpool because he is the guy who, if you need like a tree removed or you need your sump pump fixed or mm-hmm. you need some heavy equipment. Local handyman. Yeah. I mean, and he half the time didn't have a vehicle, so he'd be driving his bulldozer or, you know, <laughs> he, had, he had a golf cart oh gosh, that would fit funny. like six people and it had a, a semi horn on it. You know, like you press it and it's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Doug has been a part of Joy's house since the day we started. Really? Um, helped me in the beginning because he was that guy. Yeah, right. And became family to me. Wow. Um, anybody who knows Doug uh, loved him, counted on him, and also knew he could be a pain in the butt. You know, he's like, he was <laughs> right. like a brother. Right, right, right. And um, anyway, Doug uh, was living with cancer here at the end of life, and um, he and his... Um, just beautiful girlfriend Phyllis came over to my house, spent Thanksgiving with us, and he could barely eat anything. He was sick. Mm, yeah. And so I got to be with him in and out of the hospital toward the end of life. And he really wanted to marry Phyllis. And so mm. I yes, they asked me to officiate. And so I had written up the um, ceremony. And Phyllis called me one day. This again, why are we all so emotional today? Uh-huh. Phyllis called me and said, um, Doug's getting ready to transition. Oh and gosh. I said, Okay. Um, she said, you need to get here fast. And she had oh made that call gosh. to his, you know, his children married. and his siblings and his mother. And, you know, well, she had made it for just all of us yeah. to come and, and say our goodbyes to him. I got So I raced to his house. And, um, you know, I come in the front door and I see his family who I've met over the years or at the hospital. And they said, you can go on in. So I go in and he's lying there. And I had seen him the week before. And, I mean, in a week's time, he just lost half yeah. of himself and he was clearly dying and the breathing and all that and there was a hospice nurse in the room mm. and phyllis was in there as well and so um i said you know doug last time i was with you i was remiss and didn't didn't ask if i could pray with you so i'd like to pray with you and he kind of nodded and groaned and so i prayed with them and then we got done praying and i said i have the wedding ceremony in my car it's on my computer like do you, do you want can i married? bring it in do you want me yeah. to do you want me to come in and and read it to you, and Phyllis is like, absolutely. So I go out. My youngest child, who's nine, wanted to come in and see Mr. Doug too. Mm-hmm. So I bring her in, letting her know what's you know that he's dying, mm-hmm. and she's she was okay to handle it. She's lived around me for you know forever. So right. um, I come in, and in the room is Phyllis is laying, cradling him. Oh. Around the room are all of his family oh and friends gosh. that are there. My daughter goes to the end, and you know. Um, one of our beloved, you know, family members, extended family members, is kind of holding my daughter. And I start reading. I sit down next to him and I start reading the ceremony. And I said, you know, if this were actually the official ceremony, this is what I would have said. And so kind of take okay. them through all that. And I kept it kind of short. And I looked over at one point at the nurse and she kind of gave me a speed it up. Like, oh he's gosh. not he's not doing well. Speed it up. But he was still present. He was there. Right. You could see him. And at the end, I said, you know repeat by saying I do and Phil said I do and I said put my hand on Doug and said I I know that if you could say I do you would um and um we get through and I said and this is the point where I where I would pronounce you husband and wife and you know you hear in the room like well that's good enough for me and you've been married a long time in my heart and you know from the family and friends right and he literally kind of acknowledged turned his head and died Oh within two minutes. Oh my gosh. You were and it was the coolest, I mean, one of the coolest experiences of my life that I got to be, you know, I left the room. We let, we let his mom and dad right. and stepmother and um, Phyllis be in the room with him Jeez. when he ultimately passed. You know, we, we, we hustled out and then literally within two minutes, 
they said he's gone. And it just, you know, the power of, he was not old, uh, but the power of end of life mm-hmm. and those moments, you mm-hmm. know, we talked, we just talked about, like, it was really beautiful. And I have no doubt that man was holding out to, to marry his wow, wife. Wow, that's amazing. So. Okay. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm leaving. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Stop talking. Stop making me out. think of wonderful you. things. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Broad Ripple Village podcast. Be sure and attend the Joyce House Annual Open House on Thursday, July 26th, starting at 6 p.m. I encourage you to go there and and learn more about this great resource and service available right here in Broad Ripple. That's it for today's show. Be sure and like us on Facebook. We'd love to hear your comments on this show or any others. You can also visit us on our website, broaderpolvillagepodcast.com. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.